0: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. I know that I said last week that I would cover some common misbehaviors and solutions in kids. However, this week really got away from me. Like everyone else, I just have... I know that I said last week that this week I would cover some common misbehaviors and solutions in kids. However, this week really got away from me. Like everyone, I just have those crazy weeks sometimes. Now, pardon me while I delve into a few excuses, but in addition to some changes we're making to the website that caused some issues that took some of my time away, my swim coach has pressured me into doing a swim meet, which I have never done in my entire life. So I'm getting myself signed up for the US Masters Swimming Association and signed up for the meet as well. I'm also working on getting ready to summit Mount Whitney in late July, which I don't think I shared about this before, but I have shared about my triathlon in May but I don't think I've said anything about Mount Whitney. Now Mount Whitney is the highest peak in the contiguous 48 states and has been on my bucket list for many years now. You need a permit for this, however, and a friend of mine is doing the John Weir trail this summer and he has the permit. This permit includes Mount Whitney and he can take, I think up to 12 people, but at least eight. So eight to 12 people on his permit. So I have decided I'm going to take advantage of this and meet up with the group from Mount Whitney portion, which will be a four day trek. So I really hope my body can be ready and handle the stress of a four day backpacking trip over some pretty difficult terrain, including summiting a peak that is 14,447 feet. Plus I have arthritis, but I'm not gonna get into that. But wish me luck. If you wish to follow that crazy adventure, along with my others, also as a parent, my triathlon, the swim meet, me running your village, feel free to follow me on Instagram at ironmom2020. So with those excuses, instead of covering misbehaviors and solutions in this episode, because I really want the class to be ready to go for those who are interested in seeking more information on that, I promise next week, that it will be ready. We're so close to having this ready so I will definitely be able to cover this topic next week. For this week I'm going to answer a couple of really great parenting questions. The first one from a mom who has a very specific situation about dealing with her six-year-old's impulsive behavior. The second question is from a mom with an infant and a strong-willed three-year-old and she wants to know some different tools and techniques for handling his outbursts. So first is Libby's question and she asks, I wanted to specifically address one behavior my oldest daughter who just turned six has been doing. She constantly snatches my youngest daughter's belongings and things straight out of her hands. She does this in other scenarios too. I've tried to explain that if she doesn't like it being done to her, then she shouldn't do it to others. I've even tried proving a point by not handling things too well and by taking away something of hers as soon as she snatches her sister's item from her hands. She threw a fit. Then I replied, you don't like it when someone does this to you, so don't do it to her. I know I didn't handle this well. My assumption is that she wants my attention, which I know I don't give a lot of, simply because I'm already emotionally drained. I don't know how to handle this and other impulsive behaviors of hers. I'm at a loss. What do you recommend? So first I want to share a little bit about Libby's situation and just background information can be really helpful to understand more of the dynamics that are going on in these exchanges in order for me to answer a question even more deeply and thoroughly. Now in Libby's case, she and I have built a connection and a little bit of a relationship as she sent me several questions in the past. Libby is a very busy single mom of two girls who works extremely hard to give them the very best of herself and for life in general, but given her life circumstances along with her own upbringing, she really struggles with feeling like she's doing enough for her kids. And so when I read her question and I read the part about the assumption about wanting her attention, I know that this comes from a place of feeling like she's not doing enough. I'm sure a lot of parents out there can relate to this. Listen, I have three kids and you all know my situation. I have an amazingly supportive husband who does a lot of work around the house and is a great dad to the kids and pitches in a lot. But even though I'm able to pick up the kids every day after school and take them to their activities, Some days I too feel like I don't do enough. I feel like so much of what I do for them is about logistics of life, the homework, getting to and from activities, getting things done for those activities, the projects at school, and then of course just the daily grind and the weekly grind, getting dressed, making meals and I wonder if I spend enough quality time with them. We all have this demon that pops up sometimes. So Libby and anyone else that can relate to this, I totally understand this feeling. And I think we all need to give ourselves a break. We need to start concentrating on what it is that we're doing for our kids and what we are doing for our kids and what we are giving to them. Now I'm going to get pretty personal here. I've talked about this a little bit before in that I had a fairly rough upbringing in the relationship with my mom. And currently, we basically have almost no relationship to speak of. I still struggle with this sometimes, not for me, but for my kids. But I have done the best that I can to make sure that they have a relationship with her to the degree that she wants it. But there's nothing that I can do short of begging and pleading to do anything more to ensure there's a better relationship between grandparent and grandchildren. So why am I saying this? The bottom line is that what I know that I can do is create a different dynamic between myself and my children moving forward. And then, of course, a different dynamic between myself and their children as their grandmother. And in a pro they don't have kids yet, just <laughs> let's be realistic about that. In the future, when they do have kids, so I'm looking down the road and in a process to change the course of this family dysfunction to one of highly functional for generations forward. So the question that I ask myself when it comes to the daily grind or the weekly grind with the kids is that is what I'm doing changing the dynamic for this family? Do they know that I love them? Do they understand that I will go to the ends of the earth for them? Is the relationship we are building now a relationship that is meaningful and supportive and loving and one that is important enough for them to want to continue throughout their lives? The unequivocal answer to this question is yes, they know and understand just how deeply I love them. And not only that, but the reason that my mom and I have had difficulty is that I am never allowed to call her out on anything. She can never be wrong. She could never face her own shortcomings. And so the relationship has become impossible for me to maintain. if I cannot address any issues in it. I know that that was really personal and very deep, but these are all really important things to think about when it goes to looking back to previous generations and also looking forward, asking ourselves what went wrong or how I can make things differently going forward for my children and my grandchildren down the line. In our case, my children will always be able to tell me when they feel like I'm being unfair. Now I can agree with that or disagree with that, but I allow them the room to share. I also am very quick to let them know when I have messed up. I easily tell them, I'm sorry, I will do better. I easily recognize when I have hurt their feelings because I'm tired or I'm out of patience. Being tired and out of patience is very common in parenting. And sometimes we're going to handle it with less class and dignity than we would like. But what really matters is that we let them know when we mess up and that makes all the difference. So let's get back to Libby's question. Libby, I don't know if this is due to a lack of your attention. It's not impossible. It could be. But I don't think that it is. I think it's very possible that it's simply due to her wanting something and grabbing it and just not thinking about it. Either way, you want to try really hard to release the guilt about how much you're available and how much you're able to give because I also think that your reaction may be coming from a place of frustration about this. You are giving them all that you can. You are working to change the dynamic moving forward. Be proud of that. The best thing to do in this situation is to work with your child to stay calm and coach her through it, leaving the item in your six-year-old daughter's hand to talk her through it. So you would say something like, you grabbed that from your sister. How would you like it if somebody grabbed something from you? No, sometimes it will be a snotty answer and they may just say, I would be fine with it. So you want to help her dig deeper to let go of the defensiveness and to get to how she would really feel. You could even say something, and I've used this with my son when he's gotten snotty with me. You can say, I know you wouldn't be happy about that because something similar happened the other day and you can bring up another scenario where this happened and how she reacted and how you know she was not happy about it. Then you would say, look at your sister's face. How do you think she's feeling right now? And I'm not sure how old your younger one is, but if she's able to express herself, you can let her tell her sister for herself. You could ask her, how did you feel when your sister grabbed the toy from you? Then I would coach on taking turns. You can tell your daughter, if you would like a turn, then you may ask for one and I will help you negotiate that. Then have her give it back. You could say, you need to give that back to your sister, please, because she was playing with it. Once you get through these initial steps, you can start talking about taking turns, listening to any concerns that she has about wanting to play with it, about not getting a turn or afraid she's not going to get a turn. Then she'll be ready and likely to give it back easily and wait for her own turn. If she's still struggling to give it back, then it's okay to pull out the consequences at this point. You need to give it back on the count of three or I will not allow you to have a turn at all. And then work through it that way. Now, I know this can take some time and I know it's annoying to have to stop whatever you're doing, whether you're going to the grocery store to run an errand or whatever but these lessons will take hold and make life going forward much easier. It will save time in the long run. So it's really important to take a little bit of time out, a couple of minutes to work through this scenario. When we return after a word from our sponsor, I will answer another question from a mom who wants to know how to deal with her three-year-old son's outburst. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puroair Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to cover the question from Ina who says, With the new baby girl here and my alpha three-year-old son back from visiting my mom for the winter break, I am implementing the new tools. But today he started scream crying when he would get upset mainly as a response to me asking him to stop a behavior. I told him if he wants to scream, he has to go outside. I said, would you like to go in the front yard or the backyard? Any other ideas? So, Ina, I love this question because it's such a common scenario we find ourselves in. We have two or more competing needs that need our attention and we try to juggle them and figure out where to focus the attention first. Now, in your case, is your son having an outburst for having to stop the behavior while also attending to the baby? I haven't discussed this before, but parenting is really a mix of art and science. The science part is human behavior, the motivations for human behavior, the development of our child or children, where they are in the development spectrum, and what we can realistically expect from them in given scenarios and situations. Another piece of science is their temperament. There is a science to this, understanding their temperament in all of its facets. The art part is of learning the ins and outs of our unique children in each unique situation. Now, I guess we could say that that is also a science piece. It's really a trial and error of discovery. One child will react completely differently than another child in the exact same situation. So we test and we learn through the scientific process. Then we also have our own emotions. How are we feeling today? How far are we willing to stand up to the situation and teach this lesson at that moment in time? How tired is our child? What have they been through today? So many things to consider. So these are all things we internally have to very quickly take inventory of before we even engage in any type of discipline or exchange with our child or children in a given situation. And so we can see why this job of parenting is almost always a new situation it's almost always unique and therefore almost never easy so in this situation the question i would have how important is it that he stops screaming and why and the reason i ask this is that this is his reaction the situation. At three, he doesn't have a lot of control over his emotions. Now, I'm not giving that as an excuse to being inappropriate. However, there is a lot of development going on in there and three-year-olds are ripe for losing control. Add in there that you have a strong-willed three-year-old so you know you're up against the bigger battle than you would be with a child with a different type of temperament. The next question is what is the goal? So these are questions I want you to ask yourself before engaging in any discipline exchange. That is, how important is it that this child stop this behavior and why? And what is my goal, short or long term? I know this means a lot of quick thinking on your feet, and it does take practice. And by the time you get it down, your child's on to the next developmental stage, and then you have to start all over. But let's start with that. So for me, the goal would be in the long term for my child to learn to accept no for an answer without melting down. It would be for my child to be able to express him or herself in a more positive manner. Now, we can definitely start working on this at three, but it will take some time. So in this instance, unless there is some particularly pressing reason why he can't be loud, I would let it go. Because let's think about his motivation. What is his motivation in that moment? I think his motivation is to be so annoying that you give in and say, okay, fine, go ahead and keep doing whatever it is that he was doing. By asking him to go outside, chances are, given what you've told me about his temperament, he's going to take this as a challenge. I don't see him just saying, okay, and going outside to yell. I see him engaging in the struggle. So what just happened is that you set him up for a power struggle. Now, if you want to give a choice, I would say, I need you to go outside until you calm down or I will have to leave the room. And only if there's a real reason why you cannot be around the noise level. If the baby is trying to sleep or trying to nurse and it's distracting, then that makes sense. If it's just because it's annoying to you, then it's more than likely going to increase the behavior because our kids are really smart about behavior. They are able to tune in very well. And if he thinks it's just an annoyance, he's going to take that and run with it. He's going to ratchet it up and he's going to do more of it the next time. So if it's something that you can just ignore, I would do so. You could say, I can see that you're feeling frustrated that I just asked you to stop jumping on the furniture, but that's just too loud for the baby who is trying to eat. So I'm going to leave the room. When you calm down, you may come and get me. Or when you are calm, I will be happy to come back and we can talk about this and then just leave the room. This lets him know that the behavior is unacceptable, but it's also not something you're going to engage in a struggle over. And then once he does calm down and talk about it, you can help him figure out some words he can use when he feels frustrated to share his discontent. I know you were upset that I asked you to stop jumping on the couch. We don't jump on the couch because you could fall off and get hurt or whatever the scenario and your reason is. Then coaching him on what he could say instead of getting upset, like, I like jumping on the couch because it's fun, and help him learn how to have a conversation when he's upset, rather than reacting by throwing a fit. Just remember, this coaching is going to take some time, but if you ignore the fits, walk out of the room or just stay and ignore it, it will make them go away because the reason for it is to get your attention, it's to get you to engage. So if you don't do that, it will render it completely ineffective, he'll stop doing it. To learn more about temperament, how to know more about your child's temperament and work within it, and or to learn about the discipline tools I talk about, positive discipline, you can see the classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com.